You're listening to episode number 96 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. New episodes are released only on Self-Care Sundays, and today's episode is about Charlie D'Amelio and how toxic cancel culture has become. All right, so this week has been a wild week for news and mental health, social media, and influencer industry. And I want to talk about what happened with Charlie D'Amelio this week. Essentially, the short story is that she lost a million followers, um, essentially has backlash after one video. And I want to get into exactly what that video was, what the responses were, and really dissecting like what went on here and how we can actually do better in these types of situations because social media isn't going anywhere, influencer culture isn't going anywhere, and I think we need to create a softer, more um, accepting environment online for young people to thrive. Without that, we are going to continue seeing these instances of incredibly toxic backlash to very minor offenses in my in my opinion. So let's start by talking about what actually happened in this Charlie D'Amelio video and why people got so mad at her. All right, so if you haven't seen the video, essentially what happened, the D'Amelios had a professional chef come over and do a YouTube video with them where The chef prepared like really fancy meals for the family and they reacted to the food. It was clearly a planned out video. Anybody who knows anything about social media or TV or anything like that in general knows that these things are generally somewhat scripted and like overacted and made to be extreme and funny and entertaining for the viewers. So in this video, Charlie and Dixie essentially were like being kind of rude and acting like grossed out because the chef had made escargot and they like tried it and were like making these faces and Charlie asked the chef if they could make dino nuggets instead. That's one thing that happened, which you're probably listening and thinking, okay, that in itself, does that warrant death threats? Mm, Probably not. The second thing that happened is that uh, Charlie was also speaking in this video. So it was a year ago that Charlie D'Amelio hit 1 million followers on TikTok. And in the video, she said that she essentially wished that she could hit 100 million followers on the anniversary of hitting 1 million because it would just be a super cool milestone to hit that like exactly one year afterwards. So that's, these are the videos in question. The response was, well, Charlie lost a million followers in, I think, a day. Like, it was very, uh, I think it might have been 500,000 in a day and then another 500,000 came afterwards. It was a very short time frame. So, obviously, there was a lot of backlash and people unfollowing her. And this was mostly people who were like, oh, she's ungrateful that she already has 99 million followers. I want to unfollow her so she doesn't get to 100 million. The second response was people essentially calling her a bratty teenager who is ungrateful and basically saying, oh, like, 
you know, she has all of this money, she has this fame, and she still wants more. Like, how ungrateful of her to want more on top of everything that she already has. She shouldn't be saying that, basically. And the third was that if people were in her shoes, they would be happy. So, building off of this idea that she's super ungrateful, people commenting and being like, well, if that was me, like, if I had 99 million followers, I would be so happy with where I am and I wouldn't ask for more and I wouldn't be complaining. Not that I think she was even really complaining. I think she was just saying it as like, oh, how cool would it be if I hit 100 million followers? Um, and maybe it comes off as bratty or spoiled or whatever. I could definitely see, like, the chef video being seen as these two super rich, privileged white girls that are being super bratty and, like, you know, making faces and being rude about this food that the chef prepared. That I get. It's bratty, yes. But also, it's, like, normal behavior of literally 90% of teenagers, so it's nothing new in my opinion. The fourth response that came out of these videos is the most dramatic and I think the most important to talk about, which is death threats. And that essentially led to Charlie coming out, doing a live stream on Instagram and talking about all this backlash that she received, um, crying on the live stream, saying that there were people that were telling her to kill herself, to hang herself, and that her family was getting harassment as well for essentially two dumb videos that, in my opinion, were blown super out of proportion. But let's talk about it. Let's talk more about specifically, like, these responses and why I think they're really honestly overblown. Okay, so the first thing I, that I want to dissect is the chef video itself. Um, I think what really irks me about the way people re overreacted to this is that it's very clearly a video that was made for entertainment. They put this together to be an entertaining, funny video for their YouTube channel, and it's not like this was some secret video that a fan or like paparazzi took of the D'Amelio family while they were out at a restaurant that they didn't know about and they were acting super rude to the waiters. And, uh, you know, this internet backlash came from them being rude in private. Like, no, this is a planned, entertaining, funny video that they did in collaboration with this chef. Um, and the goal of these YouTube videos is to get views, like, that is the goal of any video on YouTube because the more views you get, the more ad dollars that you make. And so, to me, first of all, the overreaction is just so way overblown out of proportion because it's so obvious that they're, like, overacting in this video and doing it, like, to make it funnier and to make it seem so, like, outrageous that people talk about it, obviously. Now, it clearly backfired and they likely didn't get the outcome that they wanted, but that's the first thing. Like, I don't think that they would act like this in private. Maybe they would, but it's a semi-scripted YouTube show. Like, that to me is enough to justify, like, okay, that's why they were kind of acting this way. To this whole argument of, like, is she a bratty teenager? Are her and Charlie just, like, super spoiled and ungrateful? I mean, yes. I, I think that, in a way, of course they are. Like, they're teenagers who are making millions of dollars posting on social media. 
of course they're going to be kind of bratty and like privileged like they're living the life of ultimate privilege absolutely but in the same vein weren't we all bratty teenagers at some point like (laughs) it just makes me laugh that people are like oh these teenagers are so ungrateful and it's like if you had someone following you around with a camera when you were 15 or 16 or 17 and like recording the things that you did would you not come off as ungrateful at some points even like you know if you you weren't living in a in a mansion and didn't have the same life of privilege but every teenager at some point is angsty and irritable and bratty like that to me is not a reason to hate someone and send them death threats and to really like criticize them because this is the other thing is like the majority of these criticisms and responses came from adults who are essentially attacking minors on the internet and calling them out for like not attaining these insane standards that these adults have for literal teenagers like people who still have growing up to do and so that just like to me is funny and ironic because all of us at some point or another have been bratty teenagers like I don't think there's ever been a teenager in the history of the universe that grew up completely perfect and was never at some point bratty so like I don't think that's a fair argument really personally I think that's just like really reaching on the behalf of people that are like oh they're so bratty and ungrateful it's like yeah well we all were we all are sometimes now the third argument (laughs) this one's my favorite this one where people were saying well if I was in her shoes if I was Charlie D'Amelio if I had 99 million followers on TikTok I would be so grateful and I wouldn't want anything more and I would appreciate all of my followers and I wouldn't complain about it. (laughs) I hate this argument. I hate it for a couple of reasons. One, you're not. You're speaking from an if I was position and you're not in that position and you can never know how you would act with that type of fame, with that money, with that pressure, with all of those followers, you don't know how you would act. People change. Um, And so you could say, well, I would stick to my morals and I would be so grateful. But unless you're in that position, you have no idea how you would act because of it. So that to me is just like such a, it's a cop-out. It's like this moral superiority of saying that, you know, you're just morally better than this other person. And if it was you, you wouldn't act like that. But like, Until you're in that situation, I don't think anybody can make a claim like that. The other thing that I hate about this argument is that (laughs) it's such a double standard. Like, everybody criticizes people like Charlie D'Amelio, these other influencers, celebrities, artists, musicians. They find reasons to hate these people who are incredibly successful at what they do, but simultaneously, they want to be them. It's like they hate so much what these people represent, the privilege, the fame, the riches, but at the same time, they want what those people have. Like they're wishing and inspiring to be that famous or that rich or to have all the things that those people have. And it's just this like sick double standard that is selfish really to want those things for yourself 
but at the same time, hate anybody else who has those things that isn't you. And I think people act this way because of some, like, you know, moral superiority complex where they truly, like, believe that they are different and special and would, you know, be different and special if they just had the chance to be in that position that that person is in. But at the end of the day, it's just it's selfish. It's so selfish to hate people for their successes while simultaneously wishing that you had those successes. It's jealousy and it's immature and um, the fact that, again, it's a lot of adults that are showing this behavior is what especially frustrates me about this situation and situations like this in general. Now, the fourth thing that I want to talk about is the death threats (laughs) Um, and the intense hate, really, that people so freely throw around on the internet to strangers that they don't know and also to people for pretty minor offenses, in my opinion. Like, it's pretty disgusting to me that because a teenager didn't want to eat escargot, that the internet creates this hate machine and decides that they are no longer worthy of fame and that they should go kill themselves. Like, obviously this is not every single person believing that or saying it, but this machine of the internet and of social media and of enough people that truly believe that and really, like, hate, you know, influencers and and people that they don't know so much that this is a symptom of situations like this. And it's scary to me um, because this is like the toxic cancel culture that we have created on social media and online. And it doesn't just affect influencers and celebrities and actors and writers anymore. It's starting to seep through to all aspects of our culture And that's what scares me, is that it's becoming something that no one is really immune to anymore. This response, like, the death threats coming for teenagers for doing these minor things is really enough for any human being to lose sense of their mental health. And this really does come down to being a mental health issue, and I think a lot of, like, articles writing about this and Um, People talking about it aren't seeing it as a mental health issue. They're seeing it as like, oh, an influencer celebrity issue. But I think at the end of the day, it's a mental health issue because something that a lot of people forget is that influencers, celebrities, people like Charlie D'Amelio, they're still just people at the end of the day, people like you and me. And the way that you and me feel hurt and pain and embarrassment and frustration and loneliness. Like, these are human emotions that every single person feels. There's people like Charlie who, you know, she's literally a teenager. She blew up overnight because of this wonderful magical app called TikTok and went from being a teenager, you know, doing dance videos in her bedroom to becoming one of the most well-known influencers in the world at the age of, what, 16? Imagine that pressure. Like, it's it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine being in that position where you have the whole world watching your every move, 
waiting for you to do something to screw up so that they can put you on blast and cancel you. I personally can't imagine it, and I'm somebody with a relatively low social media following of 10,000 followers on Instagram. I'm a lot bigger on TikTok. I have almost 50,000, but I find like TikTok is not as scary to me as Instagram. And I still feel pressure of what I'm going to post and like how to say things and really curating and being careful when I'm talking about certain things, like political things or whatever, because I know that if I say things the wrong way, or if I mess up on saying something, or if I reshare the wrong thing, people are in my DMs. And this has happened to me. And I'm, like I said, a relatively small micro-influencer who has had multiple occasions where people that I know, but also majority of people I don't know and have never met and have never talked to, have come in my DMs in response to me posting about something that I didn't really think was that controversial, um, to the point where I was, you know, in my bedroom crying over these messages that people had sent me in response to something that I had posted on the internet. And I really wanted to get into this because I think it's important that people realize, like, no one is immune to this machine of cancel culture and this becoming, like, a part of our culture and becoming normal to shame people and to cancel people for their opinions, for things that they say, for trying to grow, for being funny, like, it's scary. And I don't want to get into too much of, like, what those specific instances for me were because that's not what this episode is about, but I do want to talk a little bit about the influencer industry in general and kind of the outside perspective versus reality. So throughout my career, I've been able to meet and work with musicians, artists, big influencers, celebrities, and from the outside looking in, these people's lives are obviously the best, you know? They make silly amounts of money to entertain, to make TikToks, to write music, to create art, to create content, and they get to do all these cool things and get invited to press events and everybody knows who they are and, you know, they have fans and people love them. And so from the outside looking in, it really is, like, it's amazing and I can see why people are jealous of celebrities and influencers who live these lifestyles, but not everything is as it seems. And I think we are at the stage now where most people are you know, socially aware enough that social media is a highlight reel, that pretty much everything we see that people post is curated in some way or another, and that social media and reality are two completely separate things. And so people see these influencers like Charlie D'Amelio, who, you know, (laughs) I don't know her rates, I haven't worked with her or anyone of that specific size, but larger influencers who say, let's say, have like a million, a million plus, seven million, ten million, um, can easily make like ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars for an Instagram story, twenty thousand dollars for a TikTok, thirty to fifty thousand dollars for a YouTube integration, and so yeah, these people are making like the same amount of money that a normal person might make in an entire year from like one brand collaboration or from one month of doing like sponsored posts and people look at this from the outside looking in and they're like oh well they're just posting like a 15 second video like a tiktok is just 15 seconds i could do that like oh they're famous for what like i could do what they do and 
they project this like insecurity and jealousy and hate onto influencers have who have worked so hard to build their platform and to build their craft and to get to where they are and what a lot of people fail to realize is that if they could do it they would be like you can look at somebody who's just posting 15 second tiktok videos and being like oh my god why are they even famous like i could do that okay but you're not and so you can't hate someone for being successful for something that you are not and cannot be successful in like it's really not as easy as it seems and i'm not gonna like get into that fully but i did just want to say like we as in like this industry the entertainment the influencer industry we make it look easy on purpose it's supposed to look easy no one wants to show the real struggles and that's something that i think needs to change in this industry because up until this point, it has been a highlight reel. And nobody wants to show the struggles that they're facing until they truly get to a breaking point that they're forced to open up about these things and forced to talk about mental health. And then some, somehow it's seen as brave. But until that point, it's like it's taboo to talk about. And I think that's what really needs to change. So bottom line, before I get into some of the responses that you guys shared with me on Instagram, cancel culture is unhealthy (laughs) like influencers actors writers they're all held to this insane standard that most of us honestly don't even hold ourselves to and i think the remedy to that is really looking inwards and starting with ourselves now to end this segment about how i think the industry needs to change and what i think people need to do better I want to share a quote about how to change the world and how it starts with changing yourself. And I thought that was so fitting for this. And it's something that I think it really resonates with this whole message that we're talking about and and what I think, yeah, the remedy is to this cancel culture and like projecting our fears and insecurities and jealousies onto other successful people versus working on ourselves. Okay, and I'm going to read it straight from my phone because I can't have this memorized. So, blaming others for your problems is a complete waste of time. When you do that, you don't learn anything. You can't grow and you can't mature. Thus, you can't make your life better. The proper way to fix the world isn't to fix the world. There's no reason to assume that you're even up to such a task. But you can fix yourself. You'll do no one any harm by doing so. And in that manner, at least you'll make the world a better place. So why I love that so much is it really comes down to taking personal responsibility for your own well-being and bettering yourself before calling out other people to do better. Because if you're going to criticize somebody for something, maybe start with yourself. Instead of criticizing them, look inwards and think, okay, is there things that I could be improving? Because by shaming other people, by getting mad, by sending death threats, by, you know, writing hateful comments on someone's videos or posts, that doesn't get them to change. You might think that you're doing some righteous thing, but that doesn't actually enable people to want to change. It doesn't inspire them. It only embarrasses them, it shuts them down, and it makes them feel worthless, but it doesn't inspire them to change who they are. If you're upset about someone's actions, that is the wrong way to go about creating that change and that's why cancel culture is so toxic 
it's this harsh blow to someone, to someone's entire life. And it destabilizes them so much that they are left in a place where they can't make a change. They can't, they're not inspired to be who you think that they should be because you've told them so and because you've sent them hate comments and, you know, shamed them into thinking that they're this terrible person. And so rather than all of this vitriol and hate and censorship and canceling, I really think that the best things that we can do for ourselves is to look inwards and work on ourselves before we criticize others. Like, imagine a world in which everybody was the best version of themselves. And yet we are so far from that because rather than work on bettering ourselves, most people turn to the easy solution of criticizing others. And this is what I hope we see change um, in the social media landscape, in this like toxic culture of of wanting to cancel people and you know criticizing people online i think we're probably pretty far from that because it seems like this problem is only getting worse and worse and worse but i think for the sake of mental health for the sake of living in a more civil society um this is where i hope to see growth is people truly taking ownership over their own well-being and personal development and prioritizing that over criticizing strangers on the internet. Okay, so now getting into uh, the last segment of this episode, I asked a lot of you, um, I asked you guys for your thoughts on this whole debacle and I want to share some of them because you guys had really great insights and I agree with pretty much everything that you guys had to say. So let's get into some of the comments on Instagram. Gabrielle underscore on France says, I never followed her, but she's 16. We all say dumb stuff, even as adults. What she said isn't even that bad. I think people took it to an extreme level and needed something bad to say about her. Cancel culture is so annoying, especially if it's over something like this. I don't believe in sending death threats either. That's just cold hearted. Girl, I fully agree. The fact that Charlie is 16 also just like adds another layer to all of this because it's one thing if we are quote-unquote canceling like full-fledged adults who, you know, maybe have some more experience in their life and like should be held more accountable for things that they do, but a literal teenager is pretty extreme. Nikki Tai says, I'm glad no one recorded me at 16, lol. And I think the the 100 million followers thing is being blown out of proportion. She was just saying it would have been a cool milestone. I wish people put this kind of energy towards the much worse people out there, like corrupt politicians or actual racists. Was she a little bratty? Yes. Are all 16 year olds a little bratty sometimes? Also, yes. Another thing that this makes me think of is like this idea that wanting more success is somehow bad when it's actually scientifically like a part of the way our brains are wired. And so I remember this from that Yale uh, psychology of happiness class that I think everybody was taking over quarantine, the digital class. Um, And basically like one of the things that I learned is that no matter at what point of success you are, whether you're making 
$25,000 a year, you want $50,000. If you're making $50,000 a year, you want $75,000. If you're making $100,000, you want $200,000. If you just bought a new, a new house, you might want a new car. If you uh, just got a raise, you might want to get married. Like there's always things that we want more of. It's just the way that our brain works. And maybe that's a good thing because it encourages us to actually strive for more and like work harder to get to the things that we want. But in the same vein, it's incredibly detrimental to our mental health because we're always chasing something that is right in front of us. And then once we get that thing, we're already on to the next. And there's no, it's like this never ending cycle, which is proven with Charlie D'Amelio and, you know, wanting 100 million followers when she already had 99 million. Um, but also every single person is like this. You might, you know, have a thousand and you want 10,000. Like it doesn't matter what level you're at. This is just an innate thing that all humans feel. And so for that reason, like it's, it's frustrating to see people criticizing her for that when like all of us want more in our lives. It doesn't matter what stage of success you're at. Erica underscore Teasdale says, one, she's a kid. Two, her and Chef Aaron may have both said it was a joke. Production knew that she didn't like them and they wanted it served to her, apparently. Also, I'm a grown-ass woman and I want dinosaur nuggets. Was the way that it was delivered or maybe edited rude? Maybe, but if that's the worst thing this girl has done, people need to give her a break. Yeah, basically, I fully agree with that. Like, the fact that she's getting canceled over being a teenager who likes chicken nuggets, it's like, come on, guys, there are bigger, more extreme issues in the world that could be tackled with this energy. I'm going to share one more comment, which is from Danny Anderson, YYC, and she says, I remember being a pretty insecure, obnoxious 16-year-old. Agree with the sentiments that my life was not on full display during my adoles adolescence. Can't we just be nice to one another? I feel like that's a great note to end this episode on. A reminder to just be nice to one another and treat others the way that you want to be treated. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode. I'm going to leave it here. I feel like we've said a lot on this topic, but feel free to include any thoughts or comments you have in the comments below or send me a DM at Self Care Sunday. Happy Self Care Sunday, everyone. Mm -hmm.